Hey, I'm Sandy. And I'm Nyella. And you're listening to The Fields. Damn it, I stole your line. All right, now, see? I got too confident. <laughs> so, welcome to The Fields. Right, welcome, welcome. <laughs> Episode, what? Wait, what number are we at? Yeah, I'm losing count. It don't even matter at this point. You're right, it don't matter. This week, we discuss <laughs> sexuality. I have been like waiting for this for weeks. <laughs> I ain't gonna say. I'm kind of nervous because I'm kind of like nervous, but like not nervous. It's weird. In like relationship wise, a lot of shit's been happening to me that is intersects with my sexuality. So it's just you know. Mm. Or right. we introduce our special guests. <laughs> introduce yourself, special guests. Introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hey y'all. I'm Aya. I oh look at me already. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm Aya. I guess I was in, I'm on the show because I'm a pole dancer. <laughs> oh, um, like I'm like, otherwise I don't know why I'd be here. <laughs> no, I know a lot about sexuality. <laughs> um, <laughs> already look at me. Look, can't even talk regular. I love you. Wait, where are you from though? I'm from Atlanta, if y'all can't tell. Ooh. I sound real Southern. <laughs> I am Southern. I'm real Southern. So, yeah, I'm out here trying to s- spread the good word. You know? All right. <laughs> cool. Thank you for being here. Uh, how should we start off? How, how do we get into this? Well, it's an interesting topic. Define sexuality. Like, just mm. with your own personal relationship with it, I guess you can say. We got dig D girl, got dust right. some things in corners off of that brain. I'm like, hmm. <laughs> I haven't even thought about this in a while. Um, define sexuality. I guess I sexuality is like <laughs> the 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 sex or the gender that you're attracted to, sexually attracted to. I guess. So, but it's interesting because certain people aren't necessarily sexually attracted to. Anything, right? Well, asexuals, true. Yeah, asexuals. Well, yeah. they're attracted to people. They just don't have the urge, I believe, for sexual activity. Like, yeah. they don't have sexual yeah. intercourse. Have, like, companionship. Yeah, like, yeah, they'll be in true. relationships because they like that being with humans. They're attracted to different people, but they just don't want to have sex with you. They're like, mm, yeah. that I can do without. Let's <laughs> watch your movie. Sometimes they'll be by themselves. Like, they don't really, they're not into the physical aspect of sexuality. Mm-hmm. How do you define sexuality? Do you agree with saying. my <clears throat> definition? or Sexuality intersects with a lot of things. It's definitely sex. It's definitely gender. And it's also preference, really, in general. Because sometimes you may be a certain gender, but it doesn't align with your preference. Sometimes you might be into certain sex that may not be aligned with your gender. So it is what it is. Like They all kind of create who you are as a person. You know, that's what kinks and fetishes are for. Like, True. <laughs> you know? And... I think it's just a very exploratory realm. Like, you can create sexuality to be whatever you want it to be. How do you look at sexuality, Aya? I think even the idea about there being kinks and fetishes is interesting because it others things that are actually very normal, right? Like, why is it like, oh, this particular thing is so different? It has to be in its own category as opposed to just being part of the whole world of being intimate or whatever in general. Mm. Like when you said, I never thought about that until you said that. And I was like, why is that a separate thing? Like, it's just like, oh, like, you like this particular thing. (laughs) Now it's a kink. Like, what is that about? Um, So that's one thing. And then I think also, 
When I think of sexuality, I think very close to its sensuality. Mm. For me, the two intersect a lot, but in my work, in my life, in all realms of being, I think a lot about sensuality, right? Just like feel, like senses, that's what, that's the root word. Um, where it comes, like, yeah, where it comes from. So just feeling, and that can be sensual, doesn't even have to be about sex. It could be just being at home, drinking a glass of wine, playing music, like having your incense going. That's a very sensual experience. And I think a lot of times sex and like sensuality get intermixed a lot. People confuse it. Yeah. It's like sensual is just like being present, being alive and feeling your senses. So I think about that. And then sexuality, I don't know. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm out here with that myself. So <laughs> who knows? Right. <laughs> it's ever shifting. Uh-huh. Uh, so that is, yeah, something I'm still kind of figuring out cool. on my own. So what's your sexual orientation? Nyla, what do you identify as? I don't necessarily identify with anything. You know this. I am, I guess to the world, I'm a heterosexual woman. Mainly because I've only been in long-term relationships with men. But I have a huge sexual and sensual attraction to women. I'm going to use sensual now now that you put me on. (laughs) (laughs) Feel that, Margaret. And the difference is just like how I interact with the different sexes and how I cultivate the different relationships. I end up mostly with men because it's easier. Not to say men are easy, but <laughs> they kind of are. <laughs> Word. You think women no are offense. easy. Men are easy. <laughs> Just saying. I don't think women are easy, though. But you know, like, that whole stereotype that, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. women yeah, are understand. easy. No, men are easy. Those yeah. are the ones who'd be like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> You're cute enough. I'm, I'm down for whatever. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. It's easier for me to bag a man than it is, like, getting the attention of a woman. Because I don't normally also know my place or, like, how to... We'll get into it. We're going to... Yeah, gonna we're, go. we're getting there. We're getting there. Okay. <laughs> well, I identify as a lesbian... Yeah, there's nothing much I could say about since that. Even, but labels kind of bother me too. Since 1989, I'm done with you. <laughs> From birth, I was I came out that way. Like, they constrict you, those stupid yeah. labels. Yeah. <laughs> about you? Y'all, y'all doing the most right now. <laughs> Trying to figure out my life. <laughs> figure it out here, girl. That's all we have. Like, I'll help you. I know, right? I'm just living. That's the thing. Like, I think. This is actually very interesting. I was thinking about this the other day. Like, when I had a partner, I was younger, had a girlfriend, and I was like, okay, so, like, I'm like a lesbian, I guess. And then after we broke up, I was like, oh, wait, I came into, like, a whole new way of being that, like, I wasn't able to because I was in the, my first relationship that was, like, still very much impacted by, like, heteronormativity and, like, the roles and blah, blah, blah. So then when I exited that, I was like, oh, wait, like, I'm a brand new person. Or I'm who I'm supposed to be right now. And I figured out, oh, I'm actually not just, like, into women, right? And, like, talk to, like, a trans person and, like, all these other things that I didn't even yeah. realize was a, a part of my life until finishing our relationship. So I just feel like I'm evolving and figuring it out. So generally, like, queer, right? Just because that's, like, the umbrella term for all the things. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. 
queer. Just figuring it out. I like that term. I've always liked queer. the term queer because yeah. it's just kind of like, it's a blanket term. Like, you can be anything within it. You can fulfill whatever you... Even though the defin- the actual te- technical def- definition is what? Un- the unordinary? You're not ordinary. Right. You're majestic. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I should just be. My sexuality is majestic. Like, fuck with it or not. Like, My not. sexual orientation is... <laughs> <laughs> unicorn. <laughs> unicorn. Yeah, I guess I could. I'm attracted to femininity, so it could be a trans. It'll be a trans man, right? Man, male be, to female. Male to female. You'd be trans woman. Trans yeah. woman. Okay. So yeah. So I could be attracted to a trans woman too. Let's like, touch what, about, what about what about? Have you ever? Been attracted to a trans woman. Yeah. Yeah, there's that um, trans activist, Janet Mock. Oh, yeah, you talked about that. That I find. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn. <laughs> That's serious. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, like, trans people that I find attractive. I've seen her before. She, she's good. Yeah. Yeah, Janet Mock, no, she's beautiful. And she's super smart and exactly. all the things. So I guess, yeah, I could I identify as queer. Look at you. Point. Look, Look at you. Look at you. Going up. Points. Already. Five minutes of energy. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling out points. So speaking of, you were talking about how you learned a little bit about yourself after a breakup. How does your orientation or your sexuality affect your relationships in general? Like with lovers or companions or whatever you deem them. Can I just narrate that? Sh- this person here is stroking the, like <laughs> shit hair as they're thinking. Like you we can't see this, so I have to like narrate. Right, there's nothing there, but mm. like they're thinking very intensely and stroking their chin hair. This is very. I mean, this is a general question, right? Whoever's ready to answer, it can answer. go for it. Are you ready to Let answer? The spirit move. Yeah. Could you repeat that question? How does your sexuality? intersect with the relationships in your life like mainly i would say romantic or companion based i haven't had recently a lot of like intimate relationships in that way primarily because i just haven't felt someone that i feel like has leveled up to me at this point so i'm just like chilling by myself can I snap? <laughs> level up, bitch. She said level up. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I'm being very serious. I know you are. I was like, no, she's, she said level up. <laughs> but I think that uh, because I've, like, come into this new self-discovery and this knowledge, I realize that, like, the type of people that I was attracted to before just won't cut it, which is why I haven't like, made that, like, energy exchange with someone and that commitment to someone. Um, I do know that very much is very apparent to me that sensuous energy impacts my relationships, whether they're platonic or otherwise, Mm. Uh, because I think energy is drawn to each other, right? And then you have to, like, figure out in which way you're going to negotiate that energy and, like, figure out how you're going to communicate and be in community or relationship, whatever that looks like. Um, And as someone who, like, is very clear and, like, very aware of the type of like energy that I emit or can emit should I choose to and that it can be like a sensuous energy that a lot of the relationships that I end up building on that end up being friendships do begin as 
a very clear sexual attraction, right? And then like we make a decision like, mm, probably let's not go down that path <laughs> <laughs> and like figure out another way to be in community. Uh, but a lot of, yeah, a lot of those relationships do happen because of a very, sometimes like primal, like sexual energy, you know what I mean? And then I've gotten better at being like, okay, let's not have sex, actually. <laughs> let's pause and like figure out like, is this a healthy way to, to be in community? And so I think it's, it's been beneficial knowing and like being able to have those conversations after having experienced them. I'm like, fuck, probably shouldn't have did that. Could have just been friends. And now it's like weird. And yeah. With your with your question, I guess it affects me with like the roles that I play within a relationship. Because I remember the first girlfriend I had, I was supposed to be more of like the feminine one. <laughs> I can't even picture. <laughs> And then after that, I was just like, hell no, this is not. It just it's it's it was a position that I wasn't comfortable with. It felt it made me feel very out of place. And after that relationship, I knew I felt more aware of like the type of role or place that I play within my relationships. So I was just like, okay, this is how I maneuver within relationships with women. So, yeah. Does that shift depending on with whom you're in a relationship with? Um, for the most part, no. I'm usually... There's certain women that I have dated that was more of a balance. Like, we shared... We both shared both, both masculine and feminine energy. But they always had more of a feminine energy than I did. Mm-hmm. And that's just the type of relationships that I feel more comfortable in that works for me. So, yeah. I guess I'm a bit of a late bloomer. Or not late bloomer, what I'll say. It's just that I have owned and owned my sexuality a little more as in the later years. I'm not super feminine. Like, you don't see me. I wear some tight-ass, crazy, scandalous <laughs> shit. But I'm not also super masculine either. Like, so I'm kind of just like, whatever. When I was with my baby father, it was clear I was supposed to be, like, super dressy. He wanted me in, like, tight clothing. My hair, like, you know, done, perm, nails. That's the kind of girl he wanted. And low-key, that's just not the kind of girl that I am. I found myself trying to fit into his mold of what woman he wanted, which is why that relationship was a particular struggle for me. Even after giving birth to our child, I was like, well, you know, this is the most womanly thing that I can do. I gave birth. Like, you know, I should be super feminine now, but it's just like, this is not who I am. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm very... I'm very androgynous. That's just who I am naturally. Like, there's some days I come in the poom poom shorts because that's just how I feel that day. But there's also days where I literally just wear one sheath and it's just one sheath and that's what I have on. <laughs> and it's, it's been, I thought it was going to be a struggle finding a guy to accept me for sometimes me looking like a butch lesbian some days. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I do look like that. Uh. And what I can say is the last partner I was with, he was very accepting of that because he was just like, I love you. I don't really care what you look like. Like, at the end of the day, when I peel this back, like, <laughs> I know what's there. I know what you can do. Like, <laughs> I don't really care what it's wrapped in. 
And I find that the more and more I've owned into just like being Nyla and just wearing and being what I want to be, the more I attract men to me who are okay with that. Like, mm-hmm. I had this really huge fear of cutting my hair because most women's femininity is tied to their hair. You got long hair, you're definitely a woman. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I've had people confuse me as being a man since I've like cut my hair out. And at first, I was like, eh. But then I'm just like, okay, if that's what I'm giving today, if you think I'm a man, then it is what it is. Like, that's who I am. I'm the man. It's fine. I'm cute. I still beg your bitch. It's all right. I find that really interesting because, I mean, guys approach me all the time. Yo. I'm sorry. And then it makes me uncomfortable because I know Sandy. I'm like, why? Leave her alone. And there's certain times that, like, I get the pronoun he or him. So I'm just like, what? My daughter, for the longest time, was befuddled by Sandy. She <laughs> thought she had it. She was like, that's a girl. And then Sandy was like, I don't know. Somebody said something to her. Did you say something to her? Somebody said something to her. And she was like, no, that's a boy now. She was just like, oh, he. Da, 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 da. Yeah, she when thought Sandy, I was a when guy. When he come? I was like, Sandy is not a boy. <laughs> she was like, but she dresses like a boy. And I was like, but she's not. <laughs> <laughs> Figure it out, six-year-old. <laughs> She's like, you don't wear a skirt. Nothing. You don't wear a dress. But you clearly are a female. She would look at me with this look like, what's like, going oh. on? Like, I don't understand this. <laughs> but that's the best thing about sexuality or sexual orientation and gender is like children are mm-hmm. like the flashlight for you. Like, you know, they put it to your face. And like, mm-hmm. okay, well, what are what's you then? On? Like, what's going on? Like, <laughs> what am I supposed to? Because this doll, this is Barbie. This is Ken. They're clearly... So distinct. Even yeah. though they don't have sexual organs. No, they ain't got nothing there, girl. They ain't <laughs> nothing down there. But it's just in the in that it's just like watching my daughter try to figure out and go scope out what sexual orientation is. It's kind of made me, it easier for me to figure out what's going on because it's just like and there's one day there's days when I'm like clearly just like I'm in love with men and that's all I want. I want a D. I want it all. I want it now. And then this next minute, I just want to stick my tongue down this girl's throat. <laughs> <laughs> Because it's what I want to do. Stick my tongue down her there. Her throat. Okay, I, it's dramatic. <laughs> we know I'm dramatic. No, but would you ever go past, right. like, She's saying that. the part of the body. That's the thing. Because like, you specifically really... said, talked about penis, and then you talked about mouth. Did we yeah. think we're going into this already? <laughs> yeah. I wasn't ready for this. <laughs> Fine. Sexuality. <laughs> so that in lies my problem. So prior to my baby father, I was in a relationship with a woman when I was, like, 18 years old. She was actually a Scorpio. You share the same birthday. Fucking evil bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not evil though. I'm not. I know, I know. But that was so for the long time. I've just been really scorned when it comes to women. Like mm. I've just been very distrustful. But it's funny because I keep finding these really soft, genuine women in my life who keep popping up. Who like I'm like you know in a perfect world like oh I would date you. I would fuck with you. Like you know what I'm saying. But it, again, it's that physicality of actually the sexual act. So yeah. I don't know if I'm like am I asexual when it comes to women like. I'm into the sensuality. I'm into the companionship. I'm into the intellectual. I do feel aroused, but then the actual initial step to like having <laughs> sex is where I'm just like. <laughs> <laughs> so we're supposed to have sex now? <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I do not know how to cross that line. Like, my friends are like, just be fucked up and just like get drunk. Just go, girl. Like, you know, it's not that serious. I'm like, no, I'm 
an overthinker. I can think my way out of drunkenness. I'm not even playing with y'all. Like, that's how powerful I believe my brain is. Like, I just, I'm not one of those people who is going to get a train ran on them just because I'm fucked up. Like, I know where I am. I know who you are. I know what's happening. I'm just a little twisted. So it's just, it's just, it's a mental thing, I think, because for so long I felt, but also it was the type of relationship, I felt inadequate in that relationship. Like, she didn't make me feel wanted or, like, super loved in general. And so I just... It's just a rejection thing. Like, I think mm. I've psyched myself out of it. I don't think that I would be, a, like, a good partner or lover. Let's be specific. I don't think I'd be a good lover to women because I've psyched myself out of it. You have some back trauma. It is such trauma. trauma. It's one girl. One girl. That was it. That's all it took. But sometimes that's all it takes is one bad experience. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, I never really, like... We are the sex life we had with each other was not like a typical. It's not the blue season warm color. That's my so I'm gonna use that because you made me watch some movie. But like it wasn't that <laughs> sensual and that deep and that connecting. Like it wasn't like that. It was more like you know we'd make out. Like you know I'd fondle her and her, you know, her breast and like I never went down on her or anything. Like it was never that interaction. I like she wouldn't let me touch her in that kind of way. And that's also that it's just like the communicate the sexual communication was different. So I didn't know. I don't have the background in it in general. back to something that you said the like having or being kind of androgynous and being very self-conscious about that um and that's something that I definitely can relate to sometimes I'm like all right I'm a bad bitch and then sometimes (laughs) I'm like all right like I don't know I just my energy is just really different and I'm still like working through being like okay uh I think especially because like in the queer community, we have a lot of very, uh, it's a dichotomy for lots of folks, right? It's either you're masculine or feminine. Um, and so if you don't fit like directly in either of those, it kind of be a challenge. And that's real, because I know other people who are kind of like that as well. And they're like, yeah, you're too femme. And then like the more masculine folks are like, yeah, you're too masculine. So trying to find the middle ground and like being grounded in that and then finding someone that you like can connect with is a challenge because we have taken on a lot of the patriarchy and a lot of the, yeah, the values of just, like, what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. Right. Ideals. Within the queer community, that's so cool. Oh, yeah. So rampant. So rampant. And, yeah. Definitely. Like, I've seen such hyper-violence come out of these women towards their partners mm-hmm. in such ways that replicate masculinity to the T. Like, yeah. you think you're watching, like, what's love got to do with Like, this I, this Tina is going down. Mm-hmm. This is not the limo scene. He's fucking her up. Or she's fucking her up. Like, even just in my own home, like, having that queer couple that lived in my house and just was- watching the the rage come out of this person who later ended up being, you know, trans. So you can see, like, there was their own issues that they were having with their masculinity and what they wanted to be. But at the time, you just saw rage. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? You just saw this girl getting beat on, getting choked out across sinks. And, like, it was just like, what is... These are two women that love each other? Are you sure? Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Sure? Right. Yeah. Like, even if... They're whatever the sexual orientation. These are two people who love each other, and all you see is just like violence, violence. when one doesn't react in the her role that she's been given by her partner and the right like oh you didn't cook my dinner the right way, you know, like that kind of petty, small minded, 
Right, but that's what like toxic masculinity does, no matter wait, which gender it is, right? Because it's the same shit. And it's a little bit off topic, but one of the biggest things, one of the biggest reasons I think that like sexism and like the patriarchy is so fucked up because it really is a disservice to men. Mm. You know, like they, because like everyone wants to have fulfilling and like meaningful relationships. But when you're taught that women are only to serve you in this way or only good for this thing, it's impossible to have that relationship that's meaningful. Mm-hmm. So like they're not fulfilled. They can't express their emotions. And then we, you know, women who are killed, women who are killed most of the time are killed by partners, right? So it's like they don't know how to deal, like all these things. And it's like if we could just let people be, just live your life, it would be fine. But we have to manage what it means to be masculine and manage what it means to be feminine. And that definitely plays into the way that our sexuality happens, right? And the way that we engage safely. So what do you identify as? Like more feminine, more masculine? She just said she ain't out. One day she a bad bitch, one day she like, oh, I'm always. But, <laughs> so no, like, what I are you attracted now to then? I'm like, I'm, I'm attracted to balance. So I'm attracted mm. to like a balance of femininity and masculinity, even though these are also very arbitrary words, right? True. So when I think of it, I actually think of like femininity as like water, ocean, and I think of like masculinity as like land. Because you need them, like, yeah, I don't know, this is, like, some witch shit, but it's fine. But, like, you need them to, like, coexist, right, and to, like, build and, like, mm. co-create and, like, do all these things. So that's what I think of in my mind, and then I use these words because these are the words that we have. Right. But we should probably evolve past them because... They're getting old. Right. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I I think that I have a good balance with myself, and I seek balance. But I do know that aesthetically I am attracted to just like slight, like slightly, like a step, a step over to like <laughs> more masculine, you know, like like, like two steps, maybe. Yo, it's gonna be a good time where we're gonna like drop YouTube clips. Of yeah, what's like actually happening here. Coming soon. That's I, the next level. I get yeah. what you're saying. I think that's why I've ended up in all these heterosexual relationships with men because it's just... But here's the thing. I need a stronger mind man in order to be with me. Like, I can't have some just old school around the way guy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because he's going to try to make me wear, like, a pinafore. Though <laughs> <laughs> no, they're cute, I would wear it. But on my own time. <laughs> and, like, I just, I just don't do with those roles. Like, I've been a single mom for a majority of my daughter's life, her upbringing, like, I've been the mom. Like, even in my household, like, growing up with my mother, a lot of who I am and my how I interact with people is very aggressive in some aspects, very stubborn, very masculine, because I grew up in a house of all women. My mom's passive-aggressive. My sister's passive-aggressive. My grandma, she was a Gemini, so she actually wasn't passive-aggressive, but... <laughs> like I was the only one who had to like be like yo leave my mother alone or leave my sister alone I had to be the direct actual mm-hmm. force in this space so it's created me to be like the stronger of them like I will put my foot down like no like this is what's happening right now and direct them into space direct them the way they need to go in order to make sure they're not getting like the short end of the stick because it happens like you know people try to pull the wool over you because you're a woman or you're just passive passivity gets played all the time yeah. you know what I'm saying so, like, I end up with these guys who have to be strong and be able to 
they have to literally be able to digest me. Like, that's the thing. It's because I'm a hard pill to swallow. Like, I can but be... But are you, though? I feel I like we tell so. ourselves this, like, oh, I'm strong, so now, I, like, and I'm a woman, so now I'm a hard pill to swallow. But, like, if you have the same attributes as a man, when people say that, no. You just need a man who's not insecure. That's really what the thing mm. is. A man who's secure within Confidence. his own sexuality, because he'll know... And his own masculinity. And it's not, like, codependent on you being submissive to him, right? Or threatened. Right, or threatened. (laughs) And so much of masculinity and, like, sexuality and those things combined are, like, on the bridge of women bending over, hurting ourselves to then make ourselves more available to them. Mm -hmm. Not that I really dated a man with God knows how long, but I'm just saying. (laughs) I be seeing what's up, like. (laughs) And that's probably why I stay, like, when I break up with someone, I stay single for a very long time because it's just... You meet a guy, he's nice, but then, like, okay, Tinder, for example. Like, the first thing they want is pussy shots. And I'm like, that's just not what kind of girl. I'm not in the mirror, like, flexing my leg and, like, trying to catch this angle in the light. It seems like like a lot of work. Like, yo, like, and that, like uh, I was talking to this guy in Tinder recently. Nice guy. For, he was tall. I was like, all right, I'm into the tall guys now because I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm tired of dating people my height. I don't want to look you in the eye anymore. I want to look up for a little bit, just a little bit. And so, like, you know, it was going good, and he was like, oh, can I see some, you know, not naked, but can I see something a little more that shows up your sexiness? And I was just like, no. And just stop answering. Because for me, it's just like, why is that important to you? Why do you need to see my sexiness? Why do you see my curves? Like, how is that going to determine what kind of person I am or what I can actually offer to you, my physicality? Like, are we going to meet up? Are we going to have fun, have drinks? Because at the end of the day, like, it's... I have a pussy. It's a pussy. It works. It'll get you where you need to be. And you'll get there based off of your interaction with me. I guess I can say, if I can label, give myself a label. I would say I'm more sapiosexual when it comes to things because I need intellect in order to make me get there. You can't just be like, oh, yo, girl, you sexy. I'm like, okay, what else? Yeah. Like, I knew Maybe that. Else. Hello. <laughs> this is nothing new. Right? I, I put this on. <laughs> You know, it's that they need some sort of drive. And I think men these days just don't try. I think we're in this era where men just see... There's too many... There's too much instant gratification still. We see these Insta celebrities. No shade. Kim Kardashian is detrimental and detrimental to certain parts of women's sexuality. I think men feel they have access to our bodies now that they never felt before just because of displays. Like, the way how women display themselves in certain spaces. But at the same time, I a woman... I disagree. I feel like men have always felt like they have had complete and total access I, to women's body. But I think body. With the internet now, it's hyper. There was a time... I'm not saying that they have ever stopped, but, like, I feel like there's a hyper... Uh, oh god it's like it's in hyperdrive that now yeah. it's just like oh, okay any bitch will send me her pussy you know what I'm saying the fact that any man thinks that any woman they meet is the one who will be like oh you just you can send me a titty shot it's nothing they all assume that you have nudes in your phone every single one of them every guy I've ever come in contact with and what is this assumption based on like you know what I'm saying what, what world that's, are you living in that's challenging in? for me to like pit women against each other and be like is Kim K no, no, is other naked bitch I was gonna come to the other side of it, but it's just like also I, I do commend her for putting the woman's body on the pedestal that it deserves because women's bodies are amazing and her being making it more comfortable a more comfortable thing to look at I'm no longer sexually aroused I would say if I looked at Kim Kardashian's body I look at the body I admire I'm like oh that's a beautiful body and she should be able Kim to Kim Kardashian 
I mean, not so much anymore. Like, we know that things have been nipped and tucked, but just the idea of her, you know what I'm saying? Like, for her to be able to put her sexuality out there, I think is very important for women. She should be able to wear her crazy, scandalous outfits and not have to worry about some guy trying to fucking touch her. She should be able to, because that's her sexuality. Ain't got nothing. Like, the other day, these guys in my job were going off about that photo with Kanye behind her, and she has on, like, the see-through. I'm like, but we've all seen Kim Kardashian's pussy. Like, so what? (laughs) We can see her thigh. I think that's a bomb-ass dress, and if that's how she wants to pre- present herself and her man is right there chilling what difference does it make why are you saying mm. oh what if some guy look at her let them look just don't touch she me she fucking wants out the house she know what's up <laughs> she put it on like she's a grown ass woman who yeah. can make her own decisions right like, okay fuck? and that take that in that aspect and just everyday like you know little nuances and stuff like that i feel like as a woman i should be able to wear whatever the hell i want to wear and not feel like because this is who i am this is what i have myself that you feel invited to me or my sexuality or my body in any kind of way in any matter it's mm-hmm. how i present myself based off how i'm feeling that day because because for me, sexuality is internal. Like you mm-hmm. said, like some days I'm masculine, some days I'm feminine. And whatever my representation is that day is how it should be displayed on my outward because that's what matches my inside. And But people feel invited to that shit, which is totally a total violation, which makes me feel weird in these like little internet dating things. Because they, again, assume off jump. Like, yo, she definitely got a pussy shot. The most you'll find of Nyla is some ass cheek. <laughs> that's all you're getting. Maybe a nipple. <laughs> I don't care about the nipple. pussy shot thing I mean I don't deal with it but even like me being attracted <laughs> no but even me being attracted to women I don't find a pussy shot that actually? is very there is a very different dynamic between here go here go <laughs> actually I'm thinking I'm, yeah I, I don't have have y'all ever dating? asked women for pussy shots no, no I definitely have not have you ever gotten them no I've gotten news and stuff but I have it hasn't been like I've asked it's in I'm like, all right, well, I'm not gonna say no. Like, <laughs> but I never been like, hey, girl, like, no, that's quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's sexually my thing. Even nudes is not necessarily a big thing that I'm with. Yeah. I, I mean, but I guess there are probably certain guys that don't like. There definitely are certain guys. No, I yeah, know that. Yeah, yeah. I know that. But it's just like. <laughs> The ones I've been dealing with. The yeah, tender yeah. guys. Yeah, the tender guys. Word. Damn. Tender, one of them, yo. though, was really nice. <laughs> like, one of them's really nice, right? Okay, just, but he looks like he, like, I'm not judging him, but he's got that whole Rastafarian vibe to him. And I'm just like, I don't know. I ain't about the long skirts and, like, keeping my mouth shut. Like, I'm not into it. Like, just, I've seen the way some of them treat their queens, their empresses, and I'm not interested in I mean, and it is, a lot of it is, like, it's all about, like, the, the, the trifecta of, like, just three men, like right. the son, like the you know, it's just like the, the dad, the son, the spirit, and it's like what, but how they get there? Because I'm sure one of them had to come out somebody's vagina. <laughs> like <laughs> Jesus came out of Mary, we forget right. that right. Mary is the real God. Okay. All right. Nah, this is some crazy. So like, okay. You date men, but the thing, like, do you have a balance even with the men that you date? Like, do you, because men, certain men do have a sense of femininity in them as well. So. We all do. Yeah. Hide it away. So what about that, like, with the men that you date? Do you encourage it? Are you like, (laughs) nah. 
<laughs> so, okay. I'm going to make this brief, though, because I want y'all to be able to share, too. Um, in the last few years, so my previous boyfriend, I would say I found, out of all the men I've ever dated, is the most balanced when it comes to femininity and masculinity. And the reason why we stayed together so long is because just of his openness as a person and, like, how there was no, like, real restriction on things. Like, I'll never forget. It was, like, one of our first outings out together. Like, we're walking to the train or whatever. We're walking, and this guy walks past. I'm like, in my head, I'm like, oh, that's a beautiful man. And out comes his mouth, that's a beautiful man. And I was looked at him, and I was like, what the fuck did <laughs> Not because I was like, I gotta go, but I was just shocked because, like, I rarely hear men appreciate Mm -hmm. other men's beauty in such a candid way. And it's just like, it's nothing. You know what I'm saying? And that's what made him a unicorn to me. You know what I'm saying? Because he had no qualms admitting, that's a beautiful man. Like, you know what I'm saying? I don't want to fuck him. I'm not sexually attracted to him, but I can appreciate his beauty without it compromising who I am as a man. You know mm. what I'm saying? And just even across the board, he has these very soft, sensitive moments for him. Like, I can see some of his femininity come out also because he kind of look like a girl sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's what attracted me to yeah. him is the fact that his, like, presentation was very kind of feminine, but also clearly he is a man. Like, you know, he had his, his energy is very, it's, I would say his energy is like 80% man and like, I'll give him a little less than that, but like maybe 75, 25, but I don't want to go too low because he's probably listening. But, right, I'm all mad. <laughs> no, that's but like though. his energy was mixed. And then yeah. the gentleman I found myself involved with in the last year or so is very, 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 very masculine. Like, Hyper-masculine. Oh, not hyper, but, like, old school, like, <laughs> mm-mm, girl, like, what? But, no, we're not doing that. Like, what? Like, that kind of, like, we're not, we not going, I'm not calling that man pretty. Are you kidding me? Like, he'll mm-hmm. say no homo to things. Or like, you never say that yeah. kind of stuff. And so, it was interesting. But it doesn't lessen my attraction to him. It actually just makes me giggle. But... <laughs> It's so hilarious trying to like, it makes me want to push his boundaries, like trying to see if I could further his, his, his secureness within his own sexuality. It's like, it's okay for you to say that man is beautiful. You're not homo for saying that. Like, you know, there's nothing wrong with appreciating beauty in its physicality, no matter where you are. I don't think he's very much in touch with his feminine side. I don't sense any real femininity from him. I sense sensuality but never like femininity or anything mm. the women though they're all sensual that's just it like I'm like, I'm sure. well the women I've encountered mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't here's the thing is like the women that I've been attracted to lately I don't really like their masculine energy isn't lost they're just like I kind of feel like they're like me they're just like oh okay androgynous yes. yeah the balance balance, the balance is key yeah. yo <laughs> what about you guys the balance between femininity and masculinity within women. Um, How crucial is it, Sandy? <laughs> I actually, I enjoy balance of femininity and masculinity with women. Because I don't, I actually don't, I'm not attracted to the, like, prissy, extra girly, oh my God, my nail broke. <laughs> I need these heels all the time. That are, Like, I do appreciate women wearing heels. And I do appreciate, like, femininity when it comes to outings and stuff. Like, you stunning with your little whatever. I think that's cute. But the tomboyish thing at times, I think that's that's attractive as well. I think that's pretty... I do enjoy that. So, yeah, I do... I appreciate a lot the balance between 
masculinity and femininity, like the androgynous type. Yeah. She made it clear. <laughs> I looked up all about it. <laughs> Like in men, like I'll be like, oh, I see you. Your sexuality is very fluid, right? It's always ever shifting. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I also don't give myself a label. But like the likelihood of me like being with a man long t- like yeah, it's it's very slim to none. However, <laughs> I can still like see men and be like, oh, like I'm attracted to you in some capacity. And those men are not hyper masculine at all. Yeah, because you I know agree what I mean? They're like, there's definitely some femininity. Like, Jesse Boykins. Oh, word. Good, you know that. what I mean? Like, he's, like, good, balance. All that hair, girl. All that hair. I'm bald head under here. Like, I'm opposite. <laughs> <laughs> like, but, like, that type of energy where it's, right. like, he doesn't see. He, and he seems authentic and, like, just in himself. He's, like, yeah, I'm, like, kind of masculine. Also, not afraid of the feminine. Yeah. You appreciate men like that, you see. I think... It also has to do, which ties into my next question, is, like, how your sexual orientation is dictated by, like, your parents. Like, what's their orientation and how do you feel that that shaped yours? My mm-hmm. dad, my dad's an OG. <laughs> okay? He done done some crazy things. <laughs> they either put me on to in life. He's actually in town. Yay, hey, I'm going to go back home and, like, bother him. <laughs> but growing up, my dad was, again, I think that's the reason why I was attracted to the gentleman I was because he reminded me of my dad in a way where like it was just it's normal like you know what I'm saying he normalized femininity within himself like my dad was not afraid to be in touch with whatever sensitivities came from him I'm not gonna say I've probably never seen him cry but I've seen him be emotional and like own his emotional capacity and not try to hide from it or be like well I'm this and I'm that and I should be this in fact my father growing up took on a lot of roles that would be considered feminine like he was Mr. Mom he took care of me he prepared all the meals he stayed at home you know he took me to school picked me up like traditionally you would see that as a gender role that's assigned to what women women should be the ones to pick up and nur- the nurturer so mm-hmm. to speak but that was what his role was you know also because he ain't really had no real job but like <laughs> but my dad can out okay that is a job I know I know I know childbearing but you I know get what you're saying. Like, he ain't going the, out to the office nowhere. In the hegemonic sense of things. Yeah, yeah. Like, he didn't have a job, so he stayed in the crib. But my dad's also an actor, so that was his job. So he was at home prepping for, like, you know, are you, his are you shitting your like, pops like I'm not. No, I talked about him on an episode. My dad's a hustler. You know what I mean? He out here selling sweet potato pies, y'all. y'all. I'm not even Is he Muslim? No, he, oh, makes, he's, he's Southern. He just makes a oh, really good Mississippi. He's, oh, like, the Southern Southern. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my dad can outcook my mom. No offense, my mom's a good cook, but like that's where I learned cooking from. Not from my mother, believe it or not. Like my mom cooked in the house. I obviously learned some dishes from her. She's the reason why I know how to do salads well and like vegetables, like be veg like my mother was vegetarian, so like I can do all that veggie shit with ease. But my dad is like who I learned how to make mac and cheese from, fried chicken, collard greens without pork, you know, all that kind of like that was pie. Anything my dad can make any fucking thing. And he was not afraid because he's like, I gotta feed myself. How's this a woman's job like 
I don't, and I don't want to eat shitty bad food mm-hmm. just because I'm a man. I, right? like, I, I should know what these spices do. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Or how to prepare this. Yes, this needs to sit here. So it's just, he's been a good example for me with his sexual orientation. Now, he presents himself as a man for me to know that there's not just one type of man. Because men don't have you thinking that, you know, they're supposed to be walking around you know, all the time telling you what to do. And I'm like, mm-mm, not this one. No, <laughs> not this one. I seen the other side. Well, in my case, with my mom, she's an aggressive woman. <laughs> so I feel like, what's so funny? It's <laughs> the way you said that. <laughs> no, because I'm thinking, I'm like, like she's a nurturer, she's, you know, emotional in her way. Growing up, she was very nurturing, caring, whatever, whatever. But at the same time, when it was something that I would whine about or cry about that she felt was unnecessary, she's like, what are you doing? Like, why are you crying about that? Cry, like, baby. Why are you cry, baby? Like, she, she was very <laughs> stern when it comes to that. So that's how I was raised, to be a bit more stern and on edge when it comes to emotion, emotional. Mm-hmm. Do you think that shaped your orientation in any kind of way? Um, maybe. <laughs> Her not being so, like, ultra-feminine or emotional or whatever helped shape my sexuality. Honestly, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Wow, I think that's a very... Okay, maybe I'm confusing the question because... Our parents' behavior shaping our sexuality or our parents' behavior shaping the preferences that we seek in a partner. It could be, it could be both. You know what I'm saying? Both. Because yeah. like, that's like, oh, if your parents act one way, that's why you gay. Or they act this way, that's why you straight. Or, you know what I mean? Or you saying, oh, my mother raised me to be like self-sufficient and not be outwardly emotional in that way. So, A, a either people who do that get on my fucking nerves or B, like, I went against that, and now that's something that I seek out, which I feel like isn't a separate question than being like, yeah, they have it like this, so that's why I'm out here fucking girls. Like, <laughs> No, I mean, when you, when you put it that way, because I do, I appreciate that nurturing, sometimes a sense of emotional thing. I kind of like that. It's a balance for me because I'm not like OD emotional, but with certain instances I am. To explain it better, it's like, okay, just watching my f- parents and their behavior and their patterns and their relationships and how who they are and how they transpire in them is just kind of like the the foundation of who I am sexually in a way. Like, what I seek out to and what I expect low-key, you know what I'm saying, when I deal with people and even how I express myself sexually. Because, like, to hear from my parents, they are some freaky-ass motherfuckers. Like, wow. you know, my mother <laughs> talks about a cocaine being sniffed out her pussy once. I was just wow. like, oh. <laughs> My mama was out. Hey, out here! Yes! Living it up! You know, my dad, like, you know, I didn't walk in on some things. I was like, oh, God, Dad, no! <laughs> <laughs> so, like, just... <laughs> just those experiences have shaped me as far as like you know what my preferences are and I'm not saying that I'll seek to be like them but they are definitely the foundation and just knowing that men could be more than one thing more than right, what's there monolithic yeah. right what you see on TV they don't have to be the cleavers like, yeah. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying yeah. like it's not that kind of situation like 
even in that, like, do your parents accept or reject who you are sexually and how you... That's some bigger question. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> you going to answer first. I answer first. Uh, I think... They have come a long way. <laughs> I came out when I was 17, mm. which is quite young, right? So I mm. think that they thought... Which was so insulting. I was like, do y'all even know who I am? Like, the fuck? They thought it was like following a trend or something. Mm. I was like, y'all, y'all know I've always been a free thinker. Like, I've always been my own person. So the fact that the rest of the time, I've always been this like nerdy ass girl, like weird by myself. <laughs> and now when it comes to my sexuality, I'm following a trend. Like, you know, and I've, and you raised me to be someone who thinks of myself. So why is it now when it comes to this, like, I'm following a trend? So that was mad annoying. But here we are seven years later. And um, they realized that it's actually not. It's not a trend. It's uh, my life. And it's me. It's me. Uh, they... Initially, when I came out, my father was, ah, uh, He was, yeah, he was not here for this shit at all. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> whenever he saw my partner, he would ignore her. He would, like, straight up ignore her. And then my best friend, who was a guy, whenever, he, like, he would come around, they would literally talk for hours about anything. And I, there was this sense of him wishing my best friend was actually someone I was dating, as opposed to, like, my partner. Um, yeah, uh, but... I just think that now that they know like this is a real thing and it's not going anywhere, they've gotten more accepting and better about it. And yeah, so we'll see. I mean, my mama, I talked to her the day she asked that I go on a date with somebody. I was like, girl, you know I don't date, but <laughs> <laughs> but like it's cute that she's checking in. Like it's cute that you thought to ask. Yeah, you care, mom. You care a little bit. Well, in my case, <clears throat> I had to come out to her twice, I think, because I felt like she feels as if it's a phase as well. Mm. Now, I mean, she knows, right? but it's not something we talk about. Oh, still? That's yeah, thing. it's Damn. just like... It's just who you are. It's just who I am type thing. My mother is not like a very openly sexual person anyway. Like, she's not the type to talk about like sex and all of that. She doesn't really like date. It's just, you know, I'm living my life and doing whatever. She doesn't really talk about it. And that's that. Well, my mom, my dad, they just want grandchildren. Like, that's it. <laughs> they don't care how they come. Mm. I've already given them one, so I feel like they okay. But, like, you know, I don't have any... I don't think my mom or my dad have any preoccupation with who I am sexually at all. I think, if anything, I would say with my mom, it's a more open... Thing, being able to have a conversation with her because she just really does not judge. She does not care. Like, she... thats I can say I'm very blessed to have open parents. When I did date the young lady, though, at that period in my life, my father was like, you have till you're 21 to get this out your system. And then after that, <laughs> you straight. Basically is what he said Damn. to me. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Nah." laughs> But, like, you know, as the years have progressed and I have expressed myself to him about certain things in my life, he's gotten a little bit better. But at the end of the day, I don't think he generally would care either way, I think. When it comes to me specifically, because, like, as we've discussed about our relationship, I'm, like, the only kid he really interacts with. I don't think I don't think my father has a choice but to accept me with, for who I am. Because if he didn't, he'd have no children that liked him left. So I think I'm, like, literally, like, she gay-ish? 
little bit. Okay, fine, whatever. I'm just, it's fine. You know what I'm saying? It's like fine. he'll he'll it'll be fine for him. I don't think he'd feel any threatened it threatened <laughs> by it. And you know, my daughter's adorable, so I feel like he's all right. He's like, <laughs> that's me, the cutest granddaughter ever. So I don't really see any preoccupations. Like, and my sister's super straight. That girl ain't never never blown a kiss at a woman ever. Like, that's how my sister's too. That's why I told my parents. I was like, look, I got the straight Greg Hope. For y'all. <laughs> so she needs you need to get your shit together, younger sister. Like she's wild. So I'm like, you the last hope at this point. Wait, your sister's <laughs> the one you posted the picture of? Yes. She's so cute. Uh, I, I know. Ridiculous. <laughs> so I was like, girl, you the straight girl hope. That's literally what I call her. <laughs> the straight girl hope. Straight great hope. Straight great hope. Okay. Like, you gotta have whatever. They envision as like a straight family. I don't know if that's a picket fence. I don't know what that looks like for y'all, but y'all need to commune with her. That's who's gonna deliver that dream for you. Not her. So I have one question since we're gonna like wrap this up a little bit, you know? Um, all right, so Aya, so you're a pole dancer, right? So, like, how does that, like, coincide with your sexuality? Like, what's your message behind pole dancing? Why do you pole dance? You know. All the things. Yeah, that. Well, so I, it's actually interesting. I feel like I forgot this is a thing. <laughs> I started pole dancing uh, for, like, healing after I was uh, sexually assaulted. So it makes sense when we're talking about sex, right? Um, yeah, it was healing, like reclaiming all the things. And I now do it. I, I like do really weird experimental like pole dance. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Uh, but yeah, I do it like I teach for one. So I get to teach a lot of really cool and smart, interesting, uh, mostly women of color. I teach at two studios. The one that I teach at most is in the Bronx. So it's all like basically all um, black women and like, like the next women. And then I also teach in Tribeca. And then I perform. And a lot of my work, even when I teach, is about healing. And it's about, yeah, just getting back into our bodies. Because like we're a society who doesn't do that. We're so disconnected from our bodies. Mm. And I think being in our bodies is actually very scary for a lot of people. And we try to be very cerebral, right? We're like, we're so smart and we're so, you know, we're so intelligent and we can think our way through all these things. But like our bodies are so knowledgeable and we don't give it a third of the credit that it deserves. So a lot of my work is like around that. And then also just like providing like safe spaces to just like be in your body. So I'm restarting my, like, queer and trans people of color class, um, which I'm excited about. And it's, like, sliding scale, so it's more accessible for folks. And I also teach liquid motion, which is, like, a floor-based movement class, which is basically all about—it's, like, a sensual uh, dance floor class. And it's really, really good for women, especially because it, like, connects us to our core and our pelvic. And that is where we have so much knowledge and where we have so much intuition that I try to help tap into. And I then want in, sorry. <laughs> Come through. Next one. Popping it. 
<laughs> and then I'm trying. I need to do more, but I've done a few like manifesting through movement classes, which I really enjoy uh, with women. And it's like taking this like cerebral part and then pairing it with our body and moving through all those things, and like bringing what we want into our lives through like movement and through writing and through mm-hmm. being a community and all the things. And it's really good. And for myself, I think that it's been really good for me because I've always been a pretty I've always had a lot of sexual energy. And I think as a younger child, I was shamed for it. Like a lot of people are, right? Because people want us to be safe and because people want us to be protected. Um, so I was like, don't do that. Don't dress like that. Don't do that, right? And as a young, not that I was like mad young, but like preteen, teenager, like me just being. Um, yeah, I was shamed. Like a lot of folks are. Which is so interesting, though, because like it really doesn't fucking matter because we live in a rape culture. So literally, you can wear whatever you want. And Word. We live, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So I don't even know what the fuck that's about. But I get it. So like, this is a way of me like figuring that whole thing out and just getting back in my body and like healing. And then like doing that in community. And then, yeah, the performance I do are all about like black people and queer folks and liberation dance mm-hmm. and feeling strong. And seeing our bodies fly and be powerful, because most of the images that we are seeing are the opposite. We're strong on the ground somewhere. So it's being able to physically pick yourself up, being in control of your body, and, and like flying is so powerful. And I think it's something people should try out. Cool. <laughs> it's really cool. good. Yeah. Got the plugs. Girl. It's good. We'll it's good that you detail <laughs> you detail it like that. Because certain people they think of pole dancer and they're like, oh, stripper, blah, 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 right. like all of this negative. Like, hold on, know. hold on. There's nothing negative with strippers. We're not no, gonna no, no, shame. no. No, no, no. I love it. There's nothing wrong with strippers, but I'm just saying, like, you bring up a different like aspect and look at pole dancing aside from just. Yeah, stripping. but that's yeah. the art too. Like we, it all is and like a lot of strength. Like, it's so much mm-hmm. strength. Like. Being able, I know mat pole dancers who can do all these fucking tricks, but I'm like, bruh, you're fucking boring. They have no way to connect with the audience. They, they, they don't perform in the same way that really good strippers do. So in this conversation we have all the time, oh, like, oh, you're not a stripper, though. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But like what we're not going to do, and I make this very clear, is like slut shame anybody. Because that can't, bitch, can you do that? <laughs> okay, can you go serve a third of what this person is doing? Can you give that face? Can you wear them heels? <laughs> no. Okay, so <laughs> I just need to put that in there too. And I'm not trying to like throw shade at you. But it's important <laughs> because it's a part of my work too. Like everyone. And like I did like strippers come to my class. I'd be like, look, you trying to make this money. Let me show you this technique so you safe. All right. right. And you make this money. Right. Okay. So yay for strippers. Yay. No, there's no no. There's always yay. <laughs> yay. Pro ho. Now that strippers are ho, but just in general. Like, right. pro ho. But what's wrong with being a ho? Like, that's what that, I'm saying. There will be, be like a part three, four, five to this. Yeah. The sexuality can hit a whole lot of different. Oh, man. Yeah. But uh, thank you, I for coming through. Coming to come through. I need to stop saying that. <laughs> I need to stop saying that. You know, sharing your knowledge, sharing your, your variance. That's the word I'm looking for. Word. And drop your plugs. Yes. Who you are? Where you staying? Hold on. Hold on. Not all that. Not all that. <laughs> what can we but find you? you can find me. Come take class with me. I'm coming to Liquid Motion. Okay. Yay. <laughs> After this, I'm going to follow you on the gram. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I teach at Sweetwater Dancing Yoga on Mondays. Mm. 
And I'm, I need to start my, I need to like get my info together for like my QTPOC class for anybody who identifies QTPOC. So that's like non-gender conforming people, that's trans, that's whatever you feel you are at that day. Um, and I also teach in Tribeca at City Pole. I also mm. have a bunch of performances coming up, so fuck with me. Nice. Um, but you can follow me. Oh, God, that's so annoying. Like, this is a real thing people do, huh? Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> La Bad Black. So it's L-A-B-A-D-B-L-A-C-K. And yeah. Oh, also, I might get a poll in my house. So we could do private. So we can do, like, healing, oh, like, really intense work all the way through. Like, not in a studio setting, which I'm pretty excited about. So that's on the horizon. We'll see. Mm. In the henhouse. Yeah, <laughs> no, come through. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank you guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for our guests. That's on sidebar. My last experience with a pool. Like Did you hurt friend. yourself? No, this is okay, like, I kind of. My friend had one that, like, those fake ones, you just suction and just kind of attach it. Did like, you? I, did I you thought fall? it was cute. And I'm like, circling around trying to impress some boy. And of course, it detects itself. <laughs> and then I go flying with the pole onto the floor. Well, I didn't hurt myself, but it was really wicked and embarrassing. This is the thing. So, so there are tension poles that are really good, but those are, like, expensive. Yeah. And then there's other ones that are not as good, but they're mad cheap. They're like 100, 150 or something. But the tension poles that are really good are like 350. Yeah, plus shipping and handling. So like 400 basically. So people who just like trying to, I don't know. I don't know what they be trying to do. Right, trying to do whatever. I'm like, bro, I need for you to like invest because that shit will happen. You will go flying. Words to the wise. (laughs) Don't dance on poles attached with suctions. And with that in mind. We holla at you next week. (laughs) Please check out our social media, our Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and stay up to date and posted on all our future projects. Also, we'd like to encourage you guys to collaborate with us. We're willing to barter with services as far as if you're a good graphic designer and you want to put yourself out there, come. Come to the studio, talk about what you like, help us, hook us up. We also want to collaborate more on projects, shows, events that we have in mind shoot us an email at thefeelpodcast at gmail.com if you have any ideas or any projects or any collaborations you have in mind we really want this to be a communal sharing effort shout out to Eric Rex at Quiet Nothing Studio he's our producer our ball of laughter he helps us motivated in the studio and he's been very gracious in providing a studio for us to help us build so shout out to eric because without him we'd be sounding like we're in the basement right now (laughs) thank you eric